we are in uh, the third week of, uh, of a seven-part series that we've just simply called Summer School. I know nobody really wants to be talking about school right now. We won't be talking all about summer. So guess what? There's no pictures of protractors or, or problems. Uh, Jonathan, I'm sorry. There's no physics problems involved in this. He, the one kid who's in the Bahamas and says he misses physics class. I, that's just weird to me. And so, but it's all right. Just way he's wired. It's okay. And um, anyways, uh, but we're not. It's not about, it's not that kind of school. We're taking just the, the common, ordinary summer stuff. And we're just trying to, we want to learn from it. We want to learn through it. And uh, this week, we're looking at the whole concept of windsurfing. Of being able to connect with something else that's bigger and stronger and more constant than us. And allow that to prepare us. Because guess what? Those that are the children of God, that we're led by the Spirit of God. And that's what we should be increasing and growing in. So let's go ahead and crack open your notes. And let's jump into the middle of this. Because God, folks, is constantly, constantly growing us from the inside out. This is, when you say yes to Jesus... You are saying yes to salvation. You are saying yes to a relationship with God. You're saying yes to having the weight of sin and shame released off your shoulders. But you are also saying yes to a lifelong process of growth and maturity and change. That it's not just about God twisting screws on you to make you a better little person. No, he's, he is maturing you into being the piece of himself he created you to represent. That is what that is. He made us in his image. And when we say yes to him, you become more and more and more of your true self. You become more and more and more of the real you. Where you are God's representative on the facet of himself that he wanted you to represent. And you grow in that. And that's what we want to do. And see, in this real growth comes by following the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's why we cannot just try to adopt a set of rules and lists and all that kind of stuff to try to chisel out the real us out of the inside of us by just trying to follow a checklist. It doesn't work. We need the Holy Spirit to do that. And that's what this whole sermon is about, is let's connect, let's surf, let's allow the Holy Spirit to fill ourselves, fill ourselves and ourselves and truly move us forward in Christ. That's the only way it really happens. See, John sixteen seven says, But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away. And unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. This counselor, this comforter, this, this Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what he was referring to. See, Jesus was limited to his physical flesh when he was here. Could not be in all places at one time. But he wanted us, each one of us. God loves you so much, he wanted you to have full-time access to his presence. Not this little piece of flesh roaming around and having to access that He said, no, I love you so much, you're now part of my family and I'm part of you and I want you to have 24-7 access. So for that to happen, he had to leave so that the Father would send the Holy Spirit. But here's that thing. It's, we, we can get creeped out by the Holy Spirit. It can be kind of scary. You literally read the 
the King James and it says the Holy Ghost. Kind of give you make you a little creeped out. Oh my goodness, I'm not used to this. How am I? Why am I supposed to invite and desire the presence of this unseen uh, personality? into my life that can be one of those things that you're either like woohoo i'm all about that or yeah no thank you i kind of like the whole idea of you know jesus with his hair blowing and being on the sea and being all manly i kind of like that you know we can't do the whole talladega nights and pick which jesus we get um and so uh we get uh get the presence of god through the holy spirit we that is that is what we do we just spent a week on the Navajo Indian Reservation. This is our third summer to go. And it was an absolute incredible time. In fact, I'd like everybody who's here that went on that trip, I want you to just stand up. We just want to recognize you. You're in here this morning. So, Clint's at the back. So we had a group of 12 of us load up, drive the 11 hours and... Uh, and spend time there, and it was an absolute phenomenal, phenomenal time. I mean, we worked hard and, and uh, got to play a little bit and do a lot of ministry, run two VBSs, had uh, ten salvations, and I uh, got to hook up families with a local pastor at a local church that were completely uh, unchurched and, and disconnected. And I had a young 17-year-old girl on suicide watch, come to Christ powerfully, come to Christ, yes, that I'm telling you, this is, this is no joke, and teen culture, suicide's a big deal, period, yes, but I'm telling you, on the Navajo Nation, it is like epidemic, it is horrible, for years and years, they've averaged one every two weeks, just at the, at the end, of, end of May, the end of May, this young lady had six of her peers kill themselves in a three-week period six and decided that she was going the same route lauren after fact after the fact became a facebook friend and was able to back her she gave her a little testimony and shared and she just was looking and looking at her facebook and it was right there she was telling people what to do at her funeral what to play i mean it was it was all legit she still said she does not know why she did not go through with it she did not die until until thursday night she said she'd never had a reason to smile and then just kept sending messages to Lord, still smiling, still smiling, still smiling. It's just incredible, incredible, incredible time. And part of while, while we were there, we do that, we do that. We teach, we minister, we hang out with the, with the kids and the teens and the, and the families. But we also do some work projects, we do some building projects. And um, last year we got to go and be a part of a model home and be building that, that they were going to build hundreds of those on the reservation after 50-plus years of them not being allowed to build on-site. by our, our government didn't allow it. And, um, and so and now, all of a sudden, that was lifted, and they're able to actually build homes instead of living in things that are portable. And uh, so they're super excited about it. And we got to be a part of that process. Last year, it got approved. So we got to go build a permanent home for a family of five that's homeless, They've just been moving around and staying wherever they were. People would allow them to stay, and they're getting a brand new three-bedroom house there. It's just gorgeous, and we got to go and be a part of helping build that, the next phase of what we did last year. And while we were there, some of our kids had never done construction before, and so we're there. We've got a bunch of hammers. There's no electricity at this site, so we had to bring in a generator and all this stuff, and so. 
we were out there working. We got some of our teenage boys up there and they're hammering and nailing. Well, we brought an air compressor that, of course, needs electricity and a nailer, a big old nice framing power nailer. So the first day, we just hammered everything in. We finally got the generator working. And then these boys were used to hammering. And we're like, hey, let's fire up that, let's fire up that pneumatic nailer. So we grabbed that, put that in their hands. And we had about half of them go, give me that, give me that, give me that. I can't wait to do that. I want to do it. I want to be first. I want to be first. And they were ready to climb up that ladder. Up, boom, boom, boom. Drive those nails. And the others like, you want to use it? Mm, I'm good with my hammer. I'm good with my hammer because, boy, it pow, it pops. It, it's got some recoil. It's, it's loud. It's powerful. It, it, and it can be genuinely a little bit intimidating. Well, guess what? The real spirit-led life, that spirit, that word pneumatic, it goes back to the Greek word pneuma, which is what the Holy Spirit is referred to, pneuma, where we get pneumatic, this breath, this air, and that that you go from just this little beat tapping in hammer to this boom, 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 getting it done, this air-driven pneumatic tool. That's where God, that's why Jesus wanted us to have the Holy Spirit. He didn't want us slowly banging around making little teeny tiny progress. He wanted us to get it done. And guess what? You and I, we are pneumatic beings. As believers, we should be spirit-driven, air-driven, life, Holy Spirit-driven. And we have to not be intimidated to that some of us the first thing out of the box said give me that holy spirit thing i want it roll it i'm give me all that i can and others are like Ooh, i don't know I, I'm, I'm pretty good with what i got you know you know you, the holy spirit's all good for y'all what well, we want to lay the groundwork here is that we all desperately desperately folks we need the holy spirit and that's the next thing we must understand that we desperately desperately need the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus left. He went to the Father so we could have it. He says, this is a promise. This is good. You and I need this thing. And let's set this up. Let's look at Acts. Okay? Acts 1. It says, on one occasion, while he, this is Jesus, was eating with them. This is post-resurrected Jesus. This is Jesus has died, been buried, and resurrected. And he spends a 40-day period on, there on the planet teaching and, and ex extrapolating more and more on his teaching with them. This is post-resurrected Jesus, okay? I mean, this is this Jesus here talking. And he's eating with them. I also love it that he had 40 days with them, and he took a lunch break. He's eating. That's just cool. He just understood there wasn't this uh, drivenness that, that, that this was, and this is happening while he's, while post-resurrected Jesus is having a meal. And he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift my father promised. Which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water. But in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus has already atoned for our sins. He has already handled all of all of that. And now here is this time period where now they're waiting on him to go and the Holy Spirit to, <clears throat> to descend. And look at this. He tells them not, not to move out of Jerusalem. Acts 1.8, he gives them this. This is his parting 
um, parting words. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And you keep reading the next right on. And then, boo, she's gone. He's gone. So here they have this mandate. This handful of people are supposed to carry the truth of his teachings and who he is and what he's done to the ends of the earth. They don't have airplanes, folks. They don't have internet. They don't have mass communication. It's their feet, their voices, themselves. And they've been told to go cover the whole world. But wait. In Jerusalem. You got this huge, huge assignment. But don't you dare move. Until you get this. You think that's a pretty big deal? This, uh, okay, now also remember. These are the guys that heard Jesus' teachings with their own ears. These are the guys that, that pin it. Okay, write it down in the gospel for us. This is like John and Matthew. And they, they hung out with Jesus. They heard the teachings directly. These miracles, they saw them. They saw Lazarus resurrected. They saw Jesus resurrected. They heard the teachings. They saw the miracles. And yet they still had to put all that on hold. Until the Holy Spirit came. If they needed the Holy Spirit. How much more do you and I need the Holy Spirit? There's just no two ways about this folks. There's just no other, there's no other logical conclusion. The whole global evangelization assignment was put on hold until the Holy Spirit was sent. Folks, you and I need the Holy Spirit. John 14 says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. This Acts 1 8 to come out, that's when he was in. You, you've been around the presence of the Holy Spirit. He, we were with Jesus. Jesus, remember when he gets baptized, the Holy Spirit descends him on, <clears throat> upon him like a dove, that he had the Holy Spirit without limit. They'd been around the presence of the Holy Spirit. But then, at that point, then he will be in you. John 16, 12 and 13 says, I have much more to say to you. I have much more to say to you. This is him sitting down. They've had communion together. They've had the Last Supper. He is going to the cross. He's got his disciples. He's told them so much. And he says, I've got more to say to you. I've got more to say to you. More than you can bear right now. More than you can bear. You can't handle you can't handle what I've got to say to you. Well, what, what's going to be, what's going to change it? What's going to change it that all of a sudden then they're going to be able to handle it? What's going to do that they're going to be able to take it? But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. The verse we just talked about with the offering. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. How are we all of a sudden now are going to be able to bear it? Because the Holy Spirit's going to be speaking it directly to our heart. Honestly, which, which, which um, truth really produces more change in you? The truth that somebody on the outside gets in your face and confronts you with? 
or the truth that the Holy Spirit pricks your heart on the inside and says, which one do you embrace? Which hard truth do you go, I got you, Lord. All right. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. That's why we don't beat the snot out of you around here. It don't work. It don't work. That's why constantly I'm sitting there saying, you know what? You need to move forward. We're going to have a move forward mentality. We're going to choose to listen to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I know if I say it or if the Holy Spirit says it, I know which one you're going to listen to. You're going to listen to the Holy Spirit. That's the one that's going to produce life in you. That's the one that's going to produce change in you. If you're not ready to hear it and I go there with you, all I'm going to do is tick you off and run you off. That's what happens. I've done it. I've, I've irritated people and made them mad. Going places I had no business going. Because I thought I saw something on the other that they need to deal with it make their life better. The Holy Spirit wasn't going there yet. Not jacked up as a minister. Hurt people. I learned I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that to people. People got enough hurt. Let's get on the side of the Holy Spirit. Let's work with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, it changes everything. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Guess what? You've got stuff you don't want to hear. You do. I do. And the Holy Spirit is when, when I get quiet and I'll listen and say, God. That's why it's there's like we've got youth camp coming up. That's why youth camp is so incredible because these teens get in this environment of worship and, and this environment of, of their peers saying yes to God and they get quiet and the Holy Spirit speaks to them. Last summer, man, I tell you what, God was just moving and it wasn't like one person said, oh, I want to do this and then everybody was like a bunch of little carbon copies. Man, it was just all individual. It was just so unique with each person, but it was so powerful and it was so real and it's produced real fruit all these months afterwards. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was doing the work. It makes the difference. Because see, folks, we need the Holy Spirit to see things right. We'll put our own little glasses on. We'll, we'll take whatever the world says. And we're going to say, well, everybody else says it's cool. So I, it must be cool. And, and so we need the Holy Spirit to see things squarely, to see things right. While we were there on Navajo Nation with the ministry center that we minister in, is about a, it's about a mile and a half from the continental divide and for the last three years there have been at least one place where we've had to go and cross over the continental divide most of our work was done on one side of it this time but we crossed it and we were doing that roofing project and i had two of our two of our teams with us and so and i said you know what boys we just we just crossed we just crossed the continental divide it's the rainy season right now in navajo nation so they've been getting rains while we were there and i said here's a cool thing you can stand there and you can go 100 feet to this side of the continental divide and the rain that's falling right here, that will eventually find its way to the Pacific Ocean. And you can move just a few hundred feet on this side and the rain that's falling here, same cloud, same storm, and it will eventually find its way 3,000 plus miles to the Atlantic Ocean. Here it is, just a few, just a little bitty bit. And the end result are miles and miles apart. Miles apart. Guess what, folks? You and I are making decisions that sometimes little bitty things, the consequences and the yield, totally different. We need the Holy Spirit to reveal to us 
say, well, this, this, seems, this seems petty, this seems small, this doesn't seem like a big deal, it's just a few feet. Well, some of these issues in our lives are continental divide issues. And we need to make sure that, that we are choosing on the right side of that so that the end results cascade and we end up in the right place. Folks, we need the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. John 16, 8 says, when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. Let's stop right there. Let's stop. All right. This right here, if I wanted to go all beat you up, pastor, man, I could take this scripture all by itself, forget the rest of what John had to say, and just say, man, the Holy Spirit, he's going to convict you of sin because you're a bunch of sinners. And he's going to convict you of righteousness because you need to act more right. And he's going to convict you of, of judgment because of <clears throat> you're going to be judged for what you're doing. He could totally go that route. He could tol- I could totally carry it that way. But guess what? And if you just stop there, you're like, I don't want to tune into that. If that's what the Holy Spirit's doing, I don't want that channel. I don't want that. If I want to tune into the Holy Spirit, he's going to convict me of sin, righteousness, and I don't want that. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Let's read. Let's read. First, let's look at John 16, 8 in the Good News Translation. It says, when he comes, he will prove to the people of the world that they are wrong about sin and what is right and about God's judgment. The Holy Spirit is the prover. He is the one. He's the reminder. He's the convincer. Let's look at what he's convincing us about. First John 16, 9, the very next verse. In regard to sin, because they're a bunch of lousy, slacker, heathen people doing whatever they want, acting wild and crazy. Is that what it says? Uh-uh. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in, believe in me. The Holy Spirit, when he's talking about sin, he's talking about you can be forgiven of it. When he's talking about that, he's saying, you know what? You don't have to be saddled with this. He's saying, you don't have to be trapped under this. Believe on Christ and it's dealt with. That's, that is it. That's what the Holy Spirit is talking about when, in regard to sin. That Jesus handles it and you just need to believe in him. See, 1 Corinthians 12 says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That's it. Then we look at the next verse, John 16, 10. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. What does that mean? Righteousness, because he's going to the Father. That's because he has completed his work and it is done. We are righteous. Jesus had his assignment was to make us right with God. And he has gone to the Father and his work is finished. When he said it was finished, it was finished. And so now he does, righteousness is done. You and I are righteous. You know, I, I, you know I've heard people try to get people to quit acting like idiots because uh, Christians still act like idiots sometimes. And so they try to get their congregations to quit making dumb decisions and, uh, and say, you know what? Well, you're just trampling the blood of Jesus and, and you're just you're gonna, you're trying to re-crucify him every time you walk in sin and all this stuff. Wait a second. Wait a second. No. Jesus says it's done. It's done. The Holy Spirit is reminding us. When we listen to the Holy Spirit in regard to righteousness, he's saying, guess what? Maybe you made a bad choice, but you're still righteous. What Jesus did still applies. 
it still applies. We can get back under this condemnation and the Holy Spirit said, quit that. Quit that. What Jesus did still applies. He's still there at the right hand of the Father. He's not having to go back to work. He ain't putting his tool belt back on and going to find another cross. He's not. It is, you're still righteous. And then in regard to judgment in verse 11, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. We can get under, oh, God, I'm going to judge me, judge me, judge me. Oh, and all this deal. When we're in Christ, our sin has been judged. And the judgment that the Holy Spirit is talking about when he reminds us of judgment is that the enemy has lost. That we are on the winning team. That in Christ, in Christ, we stand judged righteous. That is what the Holy Spirit is reminding us of. That is what the Holy Spirit is doing. It's pointing us to Jesus, reminding us that the work is completed and that our enemy is defeated. That's what the Holy Spirit does. I don't know about you, but I want to tune into that station all the time. I want to hear that 24-7. That Jesus is enough. That his work is completed and I'm righteous all because of what he did. And my enemy is already whooped. So you know what? I can get out of bed with my assignment and put on what I need to do and go at it because my enemy is already beaten. I'm telling you, it just lights me up. The Holy Spirit also helps adjust our thinking so that we can choose life. So that we can choose life. I've already shared with you about our, our sweet little Navajo teen that, uh, that came to Jesus. And she could see nothing but hopelessness. She saw nothing but hopelessness. And out of her own mouth, says, I just wish I could go to sleep and never wake up. Just all be over. Saw nothing but hopelessness. And when the presence of the Holy Spirit came in, the presence of the Holy Spirit comes in, then all of a sudden, hope Hey, we handle that. Uh, when the presence of the Holy Spirit came in, all of a sudden she began to see that there's hope. She began to see that there's something worth living for. She began to see that she can abandon her plans to end her own life and embrace the one who has a genuine plan for her life. All the thing, all of a sudden things shifted. First Corinthians two says, for who among men knows the thoughts of man except man's <clears throat> except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. All she could take was what had been handed to her. And when she got connected with the spirit of God, all of a sudden she could hear God's thoughts about her life and her plans for her. And God's plans for her. Isaiah 55 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. We we'll may have a plan, we may have an agenda, we may have something, and God's plans are higher. And sometimes God's higher plans are something simple. That whole conversation, that whole conversation began, life-giving, eternity-altering conversation. We were, we were honestly, we were moving in to time to, to begin to tear down and, and to have the meal together. And there was work to be done. And Lauren Ramirez was on our team. And she, if anybody knows her, she's a worker. She stays focused and she gets stuff done. And in the middle of that, she just felt like she just needed to just sit down and just pull out her phone. She, she didn't even do anything with her phone. She didn't even get on it. 
She just felt like she needed to do that. And everything within her and the natural was does she need to be busy and doing and working and send a good example for the teens and all that. So she just sits down and pulls out her phone. And this girl says, what kind of phone is that? Huh, and begins the conversation. And that one little thing, that one little place of obedience. Okay, I'm going to take a moment. And all of a sudden, that girl wouldn't have interrupted her if she saw Lauren busy. Um, she just did that. She wasn't busy. And that girl started the conversation, which ended with that girl saying yes to Christ. And her eternity shifted. Folks, we have to be willing to listen. That can be one of those continental divide things that seems like a little bitty. I can either do this or I can do that. We pay attention to the Holy Spirit and the end results are totally different. Totally different. 1 Corinthians 13 says, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child and I reasoned like a child. And when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. The Holy Spirit is what helps us to... To spiritually mature. To stop being immature baby Christians. Paul talks about it. You know, you ought to, ought to be able to feed you meat, but you still need milk. Some of his disciples weren't growing. Some of them weren't. And he said, you know, I, I've got to still give you back this, this milk stuff. I've got, you're still kind of babies on this. The Holy Spirit helps us to grow up on that. And begin to, to move on into the mature things. Second Corinthians 10, 5. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We need the Holy Spirit to do that, folks. To shift our thinking. Our assignment is to, to do what? Celebration Church. We want to help people to know God better and to trust Him more. That's what I get out of bed thinking about. That's what I get out of bed praying about. That's what our team works on. That's what everything we do is we want you to know God better and to trust him more. And the only way that's really going to happen is if you embrace the ministry and the life and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And get out of bed knowing I need the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it was good for me. If I had the presence of the Holy Spirit, I want to go not on my own power. I want to win, surf. I want to allow him to push me forward. And I want to allow him to grow, to grow me. I don't want to go by somebody else's scale. It won't be enough. It'll be wrong. It'll, it'll be messed up. But the Holy Spirit, he takes, us, he takes us our direct route. He's constantly moving us forward. The principles don't change. But sometimes he's putting this piece in front of this piece. Whereas with me, he did it, maybe did it the opposite way. So we get more patient with each other. And allow the Holy Spirit to grow us. Folks, God has given us His Spirit to empower us in life and to keep us moving forward and knowing Him better and trusting Him more. Let's do this. Let's move forward with the Spirit. Let's sail in the Spirit. That's what we're about. That's what we're about. God has such good, good in store for you. But it's only there as we, as we simply walk in obedience to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And God's not trying to take any good thing from you, ever. He's only trying to get good stuff to you. Only. And that begins, that begins by saying yes to His Son. And we just looked at it. Nobody can even do that without the presence and the help of the Holy Spirit. So this morning we want to we invite that first work to take place. If everybody would just kind of bow your heads and close your eyes, we want to invite that first work.